Hi, this is Janesh. And this is Pranab. You're tuned in to the 30 Minute Hustle podcast. Thirty Minute Hustle is a community of performers with a story to tell. We believe that each individual has a distinct path towards achieving their goals and are obsessed to learn about their process. As a platform to bridge the gap between knowledge creators and seekers, we hope the journey will inspire you to accelerate your growth. Welcome to the network of knowledge, mindset, and practice. Today, me and Janesh have a good friend of ours. Arjun on the 30 minute hustle podcast. Arjun comes in from a family of entrepreneurs based out of Chennai. He has founded businesses in the field of digital media, product design and film production. He's also a visiting professor at the National Institute of Fashion Technology where he teaches cinematography. Arjun is an active learner be it the various sports he plays or just interacting with fellow entrepreneurs and supporting them. We are so excited to have him on the 30 minute hustle podcast. Arjun, so give us a small brief about yourself and your uh, what you do and the companies you run. And I I do know a lot about your career, so give us give us a break about yourself. Okay, so uh, my career is one of those um, you know almost destined to be in this place sort of a thing because I was born into a family which had already been in business uh, for about you know, 20 years by that time already. um uh, you know we we were we had dalva shampoo we had nivan 90 cough syrup memory plus memory so it's like almost like you know these brands became like my younger siblings as i was growing up because it was every time there was a launch it was like you know a big party and all these sort of things and i saw these things uh, whatever the efforts and everything that uh, went through and when you look at it right it's not just like uh, it's very different if you come from a business family because it office doesn't work doesn't stop at the office you take it back home and uh, whether you like it or not the, the, as in, as kids we saw all these things and all the arguments and all the uh, you know late night works that would come back home and witness to all that so in a way it's kind of like a blessing as well because we did not have the regular um, childhood in a certain way but also it gave you the massive exposure into something that you know you can't really ask for at that age and um, that way i think you know really blessed uh, to have been in this kind of uh, the family that i had and uh, the siblings that i have also so um, really pushed me and really uh, showed me a lot of different things right i'm the youngest in my family i have two elder sisters both entrepreneurs uh, and uh, both have been super successful in their own right as well so um it is almost like for me it was uh, you know like one of those things yeah when you when you grow up you're going to be heading you're going to be um, the person taking over and all that although i did have two elder sisters and uh, my eldest sister was you know she's 10 years older than me and she was in the business earlier but then she did start her own venture and they're doing massively successful right now uh, so it was very evident you know at a very a young age that i would uh, this would be the career path that i would be taking um so i think in about 19 or something when i was all when i just like finishing up college i started working with the business and uh, now it's going to be like 10 years i'm 29 now uh, a lot of times i was uh, i took my own breaks i took my own you know because that when you work in a business family at a certain point it's like 
i can't take uh, uh, you know i ta- i can't take any more of this i need my uh, space <laughs> so please let me go uh, uh for a lot of times i would have been like i'm never coming back because you know as you're young there are a lot of things that you would be like you know i can't there are too many headstrong people and there are too many things that you can't really juggle with at that age so um and i'm i'm glad where i am right now you know it's a journey it's a process it's not something that you can just turn up one day and take over the reins and be there right it's something that you need to understand the journey that the whole company and cycle has gone through and uh, from there realizing okay what should be the future what should be uh, the vision ahead and these are things that we are you know come recalibrating on a daily basis but at least it becomes a lot more easier when you have everyone aligned with that and slowly that tends to happen it doesn't happen overnight uh, along the way i started my own businesses because obviously i was like okay there's no point me waiting along for trying things for you know fall in place or trying to get things to work my way because as a youngster that's how it is right you want to do it my way or the highway if it's not going to work my way i want to do it um i want to do my own thing and we i was lucky enough to have the liberty to start my own businesses uh, i started bluegrass studios because i studied with com uh, i was into a lot of uh, video production photography so i started bluegrass studios which actually was Uh, a jam pad which is where like you know musicians come to uh, practice because like at um, when i was in uh, college um, a lot of my friends were musicians and uh, they badly needed a place to practice and we had this space in our office building and i was like you know what there's a basement no one's using it something cool right like you have a practice pad or something and you have a lot of cool people coming in and going and it it actually still is the thing it got wiped out in the floods in 2015 i think about for five or six years we ran it i never got the energy to restart it again but like uh, even today a lot of people are like oh hey you had that jam pad right bluegrass i'm like yeah that's my place so um i i i in in terms of what i wanted to achieve with that business maybe i didn't achieve it but the immense learnings that i had through it i don't think i'd have had it otherwise because there were so many minor things that it taught me not just in terms of how i should approach businesses or how i should approach um customers clients and all these things um but how i myself am in these pressure situations and when once you understand those sort of things you know what your strengths your, your weaknesses are and you sort of tend to get into a space of right these are the things i need to correct with myself when i take something a lot more serious a lot more challenging a lot more bigger and these are the things that probably i need to sharpen my skills a lot better to be able to uh, get the best out of situations and i think you know that couldn't have happened if i didn't start my own businesses um then bluegrass became more into a video production company we've been doing this for about the last 7 or 8 years now we've been doing various kinds of video production um right from uh, commercial to like smaller digital productions to photography uh we tried to do a little bit of design as well but i somehow we never got the hang of it um so in, in the last couple of years we've been uh, trying to integrate and expand uh because i realized that that is a bigger potential within this uh industry um especially if you look at the chennai market as such it's a very closed market but they like their specific vendors and they are very loyal to those vendors so they won't be someone who's moving around too much so um we realized that okay uh, that we when i talk about we i talk about my cousin and another uh, colleague of mine uh he, my cousin runs a printing company and uh, another colleague runs a tv production house so three of us between the three of us have at least 500 odd clients and these clients are like from rolls royce to csk to fruity to all these things 
So we put those three together. We realized we have a massive portfolio. And one of the things that uh, you know um, people uh, want to go for, especially when they look at a media house, is that they work with the big band. And uh, we, we when we put that across, is something that you know really works in our favor. At the same time, when we are trying, when we put it that yes, we can uh, service almost any need that you have uh, under one roof, under one house. It becomes that much more, um, you know, just hassle-free for the client. Right? You hate it when you have to get a design done by one person, then the other person has to do the print, and then it has to go to the digital house, and they have to do like social media posts. It time is redundant. There's a, there are too many things going back and forth. Cost is something that keeps piling up. So this is the sort of business model that we are working on, trying to figure out. If you look at it, it's basically the fast food version of advertising. When you go to a McDonald's, what do you say? I get a burger. Would you like fries with that? So when you get a design done, what would you like? Would you like uh, prints with that? Would you like it to go on a signage? Would you like it to go on a hoarding? And all these things can be done in-house uh, and almost like a click of a button. This is the whole idea that we had behind BEK. is what we've been working on uh, immensely over the last six to eight months. And uh, Touchwood has been... Uh, a great time to work on it because COVID uh, sort of demolished everyone. So it's almost like everyone's a new player and everyone's trying to find their own space. Uh, but it gave us good room to work on what works for us, what doesn't work for us as a team. It's internally building a new unit. Uh, and now I know the strengths and weaknesses and we're very confident about the kind of, uh, you know, approach we're going to take in the future. And uh, finally, you know, this, this is something that I've been working on. Uh, it's completely different from our core business. Uh, Nivar and Anticopter is our co-product that we're running right now and we're uh, actively working on expanding that portfolio. Uh, we're actively looking at new channels as well, new ways to retrace our old uh, consumers. Um, and essentially that's uh, what I am and what I was. Nice. So, Arjun, I think like you, you ran through the, you ran through all my question and answers like in one shot. <laughs> now I need to like sit and slow you down and deconstruct like part by part. <laughs> yes, I have multiple questions yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, let me let me just go first. I wanted to go back to like like your roots and um, like you told me that you're from a entrepreneurial family and how a business family uh, sort of involves your entire entire family. It like business comes home. And, you know, uh, I have friends who are also part of like business families and I see them also go through when they're younger, go through a struggle between if they really want to, you know, uh, be a part of a business, which they still don't know, right? They, they, they still don't know whether what they want to do or maybe they're trying to go and find their passion. And at the same time, at mm-hmm. some point in time, there's always like a small niggle that they have to be part of the business. So, so how is, how is that for you? How, how did that process go for you? Yeah, so like I said, it was it was something that was already predestined, predetermined, right? Um, uh, my dad would all, like from the time when I was, you know, younger, five years old and all that, he'd just be like, yeah, you're going to grow up to take over the company. You're going to grow up to take over. You take me to the factory, stuff like that and all that, right? And he built up these huge, massive dreams in my head. So it's like, you know, you grow up knowing that hey, this is what I want to do. But like when you do get to the age of like, you know, college and all that and all, um, you have several interests in your life. And I was getting heavy on filmmaking and uh, learning film production and things like that in and during that stage. I wouldn't say it was the biggest thing in my life at that point, but I love to explore my creativity. I did a lot of things. I I, I did uh, theater. I did... um, 
I did a little bit of music. I, uh, you know, started uh, shooting a lot more, uh, which eventually ended up becoming part of my profession as well. Um, and uh, I, I started working with few ad agencies to learn how that industry works. Uh, and all these things were ticking so nicely in my head. In fact, one of my close cousins, he became, um, you know, um, a movie director. So the start of his career, uh, where he started becoming an assistant director and making short films, was when I started also, you know, just transitioning from that in school, uh, college probably. Uh, and all these things played a huge part in me. Uh, but somewhere in the back of my mind, I always knew that, you know what, I can't give my all in to this. I would love to, uh, and maybe someday I may, and maybe if I could have two lives, probably I would. Uh, but some part of me never really wanted to give up. Even right now, whenever, whatever I'm doing, um, I know that I have a huge passion for that kind of a thing. I'm not stopping it. Maybe it's a kind of a luxury that most people can't afford to have as well. Um, sometimes when you are in a position of being able to manage your own deadlines, then you can sort of prioritize what you need and sort of put things together. And also, like, when you run your own businesses, like, no one is going to run after them. Like, you, you, the clock doesn't stop at 5, right? You're willing to work okay, 10, 12, wake up at 5 a.m., start this, do that. So don't go ahead and watch something on Netflix or Prime, right? You'll just be working on what you want all the time. Uh, so I think... That's kind of where I am. I wouldn't recommend it for everyone. Um, but if you do have a passion and if you have uh, a business uh, you, you have to weigh on, I would think that it's, it's, it's a very hard judgment to make. But once you've made the judgment, don't look back is all I would do. And I think so, also like it's, it's good that you weren't also complacent about the fact that you have uh, you can always like sort of uh, you always thought that you, you always had backup. You always went out and did whatever you wanted to do too. And I don't think a lot of people do that. And I think that sort of teaches you a lot by yourself, even rather than you know learning everything from a business family, doing something of your own also teaches you a lot. Oh, a hundred percent. I And um, I, I cannot be more grateful for those experiences and just having the opportunity to do those things in a very young age, right? Um, 17, 18, 19, like most people are just thinking about, man, where can I go and, uh, you know, get a drink tonight or where can we go with our friends? And I'm sure I did a lot of that. I was lucky also to have a good uh, batch of friends uh, who would literally stay at my house the whole time. So I didn't have to worry about, uh, you know, making plans with anybody because my friends would be here and then I would work at my own time while these get filled out. So, you know... Okay, again, I can't say touch wood. I just had a great time back then. So, Arjun, so uh, basically, like, you know, the lot was on your plate from a very young age, like, because you had to take on responsibilities and you, you saw that coming on to you, right? So, uh, how, how do you handle this pressure at a very young age, especially, like, when you see your peers and you and your friends, like, probably planning out where to, where to get a next drink? So, how are you handling this pressure early on? So definitely, uh, and I think I suffered a lot of this up till a, maybe a very recent age. Um, that it's it's a, it's a spot where I can't find a lot of people who can empathize with, or I can talk with about these things, right? Um, because literally none of my friends are from a business family, nor at that age did they have any of these pressures, right? So when they are talking to me like Macha chill out. You know, what's the issue? I don't know what you're going through, but it's cool. Don't worry, you'll handle it. 
that's the best another 18 17 year old can do right um and i think most of those times um i took up on a lot of stress on myself um because especially for me the stress wasn't about you know and uh, knowing if i can do something i was very confident with my skills i was very confident with my ability to grasp learn or figure out what the solution to a problem is the bigger uh, challenges we would face and i don't know about a lot of other business owners but like the transition from the first generation to the second generation the second to the third generation is probably a little bit more easier but when there isn't a lot of structure going on and there's a lot of it hinging on the first generation that sort of uh, really played with me for a good 5 to 6 years right um and it plays a lot because you're a youngster you're a youngster who wants to give their all right and you give their your all and somehow uh, because of these own internal conflicts uh, you're not able to get past it right those um, those things really uh, do uh, hurt you and and again those are things that you can't go back and talk to anybody because there's literally no one else who can empathize mm. with you So um, how was so, your transition like in terms of your thought process for example like you were shuffling between a well established business and your startup as well so yeah. what is your thought process like trying to wear multiple hats at the same time like because the decision you were making in a bigger company is ultimately different from the decisions you would make in a startup so uh how are you going to the startup really helped me because the ownership is all mine right and that's what you need as a as someone who's learning the reins you need to have that thing saying that hey yes i can try this let me fail let me have the opportunity to fail and when i do fail you know what i'll learn with it i'll figure out what i did wrong a lot of that you don't have the opportunity when you are running a second generation business or uh, someone who is getting into the reins of a mold of another business right it already has a certain norm structure and things it's too rigid sometimes for you to actually go out there and try something even today in this business like there are so many things that i have to really fight skin out and try to you know convince a whole host of people right from the down the line salesman to the top line board people that hey you know what this is something that we need to pilot we need to work it out this is an opportunity we can crack and and make sure we do it and i know if i pitch i pilot 10 things or if i even get 10 things to the pilot stage probably two or three will convert but if those two or three convert you know what those are huge successes to me right and that's the kind of thing that uh today i can do but i did not have that bandwidth or space to do 7 or 8 years back i'm sure that there was a lot of uh, you know knowledge sharing um, i mean having starting a startup and then being from a business family um how do you think that sort of like like helped you grow a business because i'm sure you could always go back to someone and someone close who who you could talk to and and hash out your problems and and um, you know tell them your problem and sort of get a different perspective from it oh immense immense all the time because like you could look around my family and be like hey wow i just have like a library of people like can go talk to about any of these things right so i it was super uh, helpful that i could they were very accessible again at a very young age 17 18 19 20 uh, and still today but like all the more when i was starting out right um uh, but uh, i started uh, actually working with natural briefly for a period of time um and i learned so much from my uh, uncle uh in a very very young stage and it wasn't the kind of things which would be like oh you need to learn business this way these are the tactics these are what isn't that sort of a thing right these are mind ground on ground like stuff yeah is like you know and and i and for me a lot of those things were kind of like moral factors or um, uh, motivation factors right uh, 
um like i have to say is one major example that uh, i learned from uh, uh kona who's pk kumarwell that's what we call him um and uh, this is about when he would talk about uh, he would give the speech all the time at every single conference when natsus was doing like a two 300 launch next one they'll do a 400 launch i'll be the same speech i'll be like what is bad doing uh, but uh, so so one of the times he had come up on this and i think i was pondering on this for a long time uh, it's basically one of the things which went like you know what uh, is uh, going after money greedy right and if you are doing so are you a bad person right uh, and he sort of put it in a very interesting perspective and i think it sticks with me till today um, and this is that uh, in in not the same words maybe i'm paraphrasing here and there a little bit uh we went on to say that um the certain point no matter how much money you make legally you can't spend it in india right so what is the motivation for a person who is inherently good and has good intentions to go out there and get more money right the only major intention is every you know single opportunity you don't take to uh get that money someone who doesn't have good intentions is doing it and we can't avoid that that's the kind of world we live in right that stuck with me hard that stuck with me like okay this is a great motivating fact because i know that i'm i come with some good intentions i i may not be the perfect person in the world but i believe that my intentions somewhere down the line will help someone somewhere right i'm not doing things out of pure selfish gain and the more we accumulate in terms of a good purpose the more we are able to help people i think these are sort of things that you just can't get you know through most experiences in life if you you have to be fortunate enough to have been there and have access to such people um and also probably a certain level of that curiosity in yourself also to go out there and institute uh i spent 3 months actually so this is one of the greatest experiences in my life i was a marketing trainee with uh, ckr uh i was 21 or 22 back then um one of the greatest uh stints in my life because i had learned so much in those it was supposed to be he said you have to work with me for 2 years uh it ended up being 6 months but it was just the amount that i was able to grasp in those 6 months uh that really you know it, it gave me the confidence that yes these people think that i can pull this off these people know that i am able to uh, take these reins and take these uh, challenges and bring out the right kind of approach uh, they might have professionals over here but you know the professionals aren't risk takers they are the people who who will give you the plan they will say this is what works this is what please tell us what to do right and being bold enough to take those decisions tell them this is what you're doing wrong this is what we need to be more bold about that is something big time i learned um during that stint it was supposed to be a two year stint it just ended up being three months um in his office and then three months on field at sales but um so it was a base foundation that still sticks with me today um sitting in that boardroom is just like you know you can't you can't just like compare that with anything else so um just keeping those two majorly in mind obviously my dad has been a huge inspiration a huge um person that yeah, even till today i can't i can't replicate him or i can't kind of match up to the ideas he ever had uh, but it i i'm really lucky to have been there to have known a certain glimpse of what his ideologies were and um, maybe some day you know pro- recreate or produce that in some different format so um i mean these are just few people like my cousins themselves are huge inspirations like manu 
um yeah pavitra this amuda all these people you know they're into education they're into food they're into uh, healthcare they're into uh, fmcg and each one of them has their own successful reason it uh, my own sister ati she has a great success story in backbazaar dot com so like i said it's it's almost like that um you know if you have anything wrong you have to just be like okay what's the domain who do i go look at can i go talk to this person um so yeah that way i i feel like it's it's a huge blessing that i i don't know many other business families would also be this lucky to have an extended family which has so many business providers in within so it, it's like you have a tribe of mentors around you to make sure that you know you're always like breaking your heads together and probably like it requires a village to train a kid so it's yeah absolutely and i so, think like yeah like like there's also like when you come from the same uh, family you have the same sort of thoughts or mindset or you know um, moral codes and all that so when you talk to them they sort of get it and you also get where they come from so i do, i don't think that happens most times with other mentors or senior people they come from a very different sort of um understanding right i i, I i'm not i don't know if i'm able to get the right words across uh but like when these people exactly know what you're saying right and they're able to channel and say this is what it is right it just makes things so much more clearer for you and that's all you need most time you just need clarity in your head and be like this is what i need to do and go so uh, uh arjun talking about bold moves here like you mentioned a little earlier what are the biggest moves that you would have taken in the last 10 years which has really like changed your career or at least uh, your thought process personally or uh both ways both um bold moves i think a lot of them i'm still taking right now the last one year or so would be a lot of bold moves that i have tried or or uh, taking in the process um one of them would be definitely these host of pilots that i'm planning and working on right now uh understanding the distribution systems that we are working with uh understanding where the markets are and sort of doing my ground is this for navar and 90 for nivarin uh, or okay. also redoing memory plus and we're going to be uh, quickly launching that as well in the market um definitely one of the biggest bold moves i've taken um i always i hope to be taking in the next few months was that uh, uh, was that uh, was that an effect of of uh, the covid situation or, or was it a mix of both or, or yeah so it is always on the cards uh but somewhere down the line you know we would always get diluted in our focus right we wouldn't we would we the, the the thing is our company or you know the the strength of the entrepreneurs the strength of the company right and my dad's biggest strength was that he was a great innovator he had immensely awesome products um and so many that are in the pipeline or uh, and have not hit the market yet uh, that's our biggest strength so always our sense you know our, our uh, challenge in distribution and overcoming that right um and uh, uh just coming back to sorry what did you say again uh, your personal and and your professional like bold moves my my personal professional bold moves a uh, bold moves right so um no no i something <laughs> i was trying to say uh <laughs> um, so you can go to your personal bold moves now um no so that's what so just like trying to um yeah pilots you were saying that you know you, you were... don't know how to prioritize what to get into the market mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um is this going to work if this is a failure in the pilot can i say redo it some other way what is the so what is the amount of things that 
uh, is going to factor on this is the right market we're piloting it this is the right kind of you know um uh, consumer driving off uh, off take activities that we're doing that could work right all these are a combination of things that are uh, seriously that we are looking to and uh, working on another bold move what we're doing right now is we are trying to look at a very different approach to reengage with our past consumer uh, we're trying to use the more um, so we we realize there's a lot to do with trust as well in the consumer and we uh, just can't keep going about putting tvs and ads and other sort of promotion activities yes the beautiful part is we have a great backing of nostalgia with our end consumer but it comes down to them finding that trust with the audience right and we are working on a few different strategies to build that trust as opposed to conventional media um i don't want to talk about that more in detail right now but hopefully when it comes out that will be something that completely changes the game and sort of puts us in a, a fast track in terms of having um, a good brand engagement with our end consumers and therefore whatever uh, extension products we do happen to come out with it, it sort of sticks well with the audience um this is i feel one of the bolder moves that we are taking because it completely changes the game from what we are uh, what we have been uh, another big bold move what we will be doing is after 30 years we'll be changing most of the packaging not completely doing away with it which is something my dad and i would fight for days and nights there were so many people that would come and tell me dude what is this packaging how are you guys still at this can't you you know what you're competing with all that um so this is real talk that i would obviously feel that shit i can't i know we have to change the packaging but again like i said being in this sort of um, a hierarchy there is like so many things you can't override you i would i would have worked on at least 10 different de- designs over the last 10 years for this and just pitched it and just those would have gone into the bin just because and these are things that you have to put up with in face because you know the that's the situation you're in so now you know having the situation what it is we finally have the opportunity to go and uh revamp the packaging but i do understand a lot of what my dad said as well you know you have to be um consistent with what the end consumer saw with the product because a lot of it is them recognizing the product in the market and then taking it away um and sort of um finding that balance between the two so i think that is going to be a bold big bold move for us um personally if you look at a few bold moves what i've taken um think i think each time i decided to walk away from the business uh, was very bold of me and what was even bold each time i decided to come back because i came back with all the baggage of the previous times i left uh, with expectations that things are going to be different this time and each time it did not be different so every time i came back i think first so it hurts you know as a, as a youngster you're like dude i can't go back and go get broken again and then try to do my own thing again and then come back um it sort of it, it takes a toll on you and i think at about 24 25 i sort of was like you know what this is a cycle this is what's going to keep happening i can't let my emotions sort of uh, take control over here i have to let them aside i just have to wait for it i just have to be patient and take things each experience one at a time each different thing learn about and learn about all the screw ups that happen along the way make sure that i can try not to do them try to rectify them as i go along and um, i think that mindset would have been something that it's scary but it's bold uh, i would say at the end of it when you have a 
30 to 40 year old business and which has come across uh, three generations so far. What What is the uh, forefront when it comes to culture versus product? So where where does where, where, where your... Uh, Biggest arguments go here. Is it is it is it culture which comes first or the product which comes first? What goes in hand in hand here? Uh, when you talk about culture, you mean about company culture? Company culture, or what the brand stands out to be. So, um, I think a lot of it comes down to what the brand stands out to be. Um, that's the kind of arguments we've always had in the past. Um, and uh, at a certain point, it, it wasn't very scientific. Um, and I think that's where we had a lot of difference of opinion, difference of ideas. Because uh, you can't just keep using the same brand name for various different products. At some point, you have to say that, you know what, this brand represents these attributes. It's going to stick within this segment in this range. And I'm going to create something new for the rest of it. Uh, so a lot of that is where uh, drawing those lines, drawing, uh, figuring out where a new brand would work better uh, are kind of places where um, a lot of energy was spent. Um, now it's a lot more about uh, in the creation process that we have all these various products. Uh, what can we fit into the existing portfolio? What do we need to create new brands for? And where can we explore new opportunities within these new brand spaces and create new products for? Uh, and I think that's very exciting. That's the kind of stuff that I really love to do. Um, I, I mean, at the, at, at, at the heart of heart, I'm a consumer, man. I love buying products. I love using them. I love seeing what's new in the market, right? Uh, I love what works for me. I love recommending it to all my friends and family. Um, so at that point of time, when you come back and you say, hey, this is a product that uh, came from my company and a lot of people are recommending it. A lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people are saying, why don't you also do this? You know, my ears are just primed for that. I, I can't wait for that kind of feedback and reaction. And even the smallest things, I know a lot of people will come back with feedback uh, saying that, hey, why not? Why is it like this and not like that? Um, I, a large part of me, uh, when I was younger, I had a you know very similar mindset to my dad. It was like, hey, you guys don't know what we're doing, so screw you. Um, but now my mind is a lot more open as to, hey, there's a market for this as well. My mind could think of a certain thing, but since someone else came up and asked this, there is a consumer for something like that as well, and therefore there is an opportunity in that. So, I would think that is uh, our approach. Right so, so I would say it's it's a blend of product and feedback and the culture to observe what what feedback comes to. You. Is that is that how I could phrase that out? Oh, totally, big time. It's it's a blend of not just it's also a blend of. You know, looking at the smart competitors, your competitors are the smartest people out there. They have the power to do whatever research they want. They have the power to do the R&D to come back and say, these are the best products that are working in the market, right? Uh, our, our greatest advantage is that we are Ayurvedic. Right? We don't go for allopathic. Uh, but these formats are something which is very well replicated by Ayurveda. And it's probably already there. All I need to do is figure out a way for it to fit into that um, sort of um, consumer segment and, and the kind of way the consumer wants to have it. And uh, when we're able to do that, right, we sort of put a one-up on most other competitors and we also are able to say, okay, this is a unique product in a certain way. I think there are a few things that we stick to as a company as a whole. We don't want Ayurveda to be something that is not approachable. We don't want Ayurveda to be something that is um, felt as medicinal. 
uh, we want it to be something where you feel it's natural and that's where a lot of the audiences are moving now they want to try stuff that is not going to harm them stuff that is rooted in indian uh, tradition and culture stuff that is going to uh, last for a long period of time and therefore you are you know taking care of your body uh, so i think that's that way big time we are trying to capitalize on that okay so uh, i actually wanted to also like touch a little bit upon on your uh, so i saw your i saw your uh, cv or whatever you know it's very well put <laughs> and then i i realized that we've been talking a lot about business and i realized that you have this whole other side of creative towards us what i think you're you're, you're you like to um, also associate yourself a lot of uh, towards being a very creative person right so so, uh, so how did uh, so how did bluegrass come about like you said it was a jam pad and then after that it it grew into becoming bluegrass and then from there it's grown into doing a lot of videos now uh, if i'm if i'm not wrong in saying that and uh, so so you know sometimes when you start something you figure out that you're going to do only this and the market requires something else and you might actually shift to it so tell us about your creative process and your journey through creative and business all right so this is the thing about creative in business right i worked it does not work with the team i had a team of 6 to 8 people when i was 22 23 and it did not work so over the years i've realized that it works in two key aspects either one at a super high level or a super low level right you need to have the kind of people within your team who uh, sort of are those people who know who have the brain and they have all the ideas in place they know what's going right what's going wrong right and then you have the people who are super junior who are eager to learn who have all the skills and the potential to do all this but they don't have the uh ideologies of the high level people right um for me this is a format that i started working with in creative spaces now and it seems to be working quite well i love talking to these technically younger people who are like 21 22 uh and um, maybe 24 even but they have this super eagerness to learn and and figure out what they're doing wrong and figure out and go do research right they're so in touch with what the digital medium is everything is like that for them so i i i really love that i love when we're able to talk uh, across the board i have a few experts and the other side i have the juniors and we go in for a brainstorm session and we come back saying that wow okay for three months we're settled on ideas we are fuck up with there right doesn't matter if we are working on videos it doesn't matter if we are working on digital strategy it doesn't matter if we are working on a photo shoot a calendar a print media design um all these things work great because everyone comes from their own different creative and uh, the eagerness to work is a field where creativity really crosses over quite well um the, the younger people love to experiment with stuff they just don't have the ideas or expertise so older people are too stuck with their ideas they're like hey if this is it it's going to work this way so yeah. working in that environment sort of like throws throws me back a few years younger where i could think a lot more freely so i'm super happy about that as well awesome. and uh, it also comes into a space where you feel like yes now my younger team is growing my younger team is sort of taking i'm seeing them able to take the reins and that is what i expected to see 5 6 years back mm-hmm. um, and which did not happen when you had people who were very rigid this is my roles and responsibility this is the only thing that we can do uh, oh this is not working it's not my fault that sort of thing never worked and uh, the, i don't think that's the space you can take within a creative agency correct and uh, you know like uh, i i do have a lot of uh, thoughts around 
what you just said right now but you know just keeping on to the time frame i would like to get some more information out of you in terms of your creative side that uh, i know you also teach at uh, neft and what happened there i mean like what made you go into teaching oh so i'll tell you what happened um, so a good friend of mine uh, his name is ram keshav he's a photographer he's been a photographer for good 10 years now uh, and he was a guest lecturer at neft um and uh, i think uh, nift had just started this new course called um, moving images and editing which is a very fancy way of saying film making uh, and uh, he was like bro there's this opening do you want to come teach at nift and i think it was the start of 2020 where i was absolutely stressed out to the core right i had not worked on anything creative for maybe a good year Uh, in 2018 i had gone to ucla and that's what i finally did with filmmaking and after that i don't think i touched anything at all right um so this was like sort of my opportunity to go back and you know be a student again i thought um but you know it was started becoming like this this one class which i would take once a week started becoming this thing that i would look forward to every week because it was just so pure so just you and the subject and uh, the students uh, were some people like who are quite talented and people who actually really like to listen to the kind of classes and i remember when i was in college and i was in you know studying in these classes i used to hate it i actually went in with a lot of expectations and i came out like dude what am i doing here right i ended up spending more time outside of class learning stuff by myself than i did in the classroom so that was the kind of mindset that i had as well i did not go to the textbook I had a lesson plan. I had videos for that. If you guys want to see it, go see the videos. What I will take here in this class is experiences that I have gained through, which real-world experiences you will never get in the classroom, right? I think that's what I could bring to the table for them, and that those examples sort of made a huge difference to what I feel. I was able to take in what purity the subject had. I was able to talk about what experiences I have gained over the last few years, which was also therapeutic for me to go about there and talk about it. uh but also then to come back and say hey you know what this is actually a good gig man i can actually do this where i can see people that i started this course at 4 months ago and ended with them actually doing a final semester project and them being able to do it uh, and uh, and do quite well at it also so that way i would say like you know i didn't expect teaching to be such a big part of what i do but i Fantastic. really look forward so, to it every another day. question here in terms of your teaching like whatever you have learned from nif have you taken it back to your boardroom <laughs> um have i taken it back to my boardroom uh i wouldn't say so but i'll tell you what it's a great avenue to capture to catch capture talent because like there are few students who apply to my company as interns and i'm very happy with them i'm like wow these are the perfect kind of people that you can groom and grow up over the years and you can be like great uh these are people who um sort of respect you already coming into this business for a certain uh, reason and now you know you can uh, you know their skills so you can definitely develop with them and see how they can advance their career so i i think it's it's very smart because i've always uh, told myself that you know um going someone who's who's also practicing as a professional who goes back into sort of not full time teaching but but part time teaching as uh, sort of part time teaching helps them grow in both ways one is you realize what the newer generation is bringing in and you're in touch with that and second thing is that you're able to take that back and you're able to also understand what 
uh, you know changes are happening in the market what uh, you know new ideas are coming through um, and at the same time i think like most of the people that i i really um, had fun at at college who came to teach us were a lot of people who were in practice mm. who could give you real time experience um so yeah i think i think that is that is a great sort of like way to take away or also sort of keep yourself in touch with what is happening at the moment uh, yeah 100% i completely agree with that and uh, you know and the and and really do like teaching is i don't know it's cliche to say but teaching is a rewarding thing you really feel by the end of it you feel happy with yourself yes so something that i learned i'm able to pass it on to people and whatever it is it's it's cool tell us about your experience at harvard uh, and uh, what made you go to a summer school rather than a conventional program um so this harvard thing was quite um it was almost not going to happen in the first place because this was during my since with kevin care i was working as a you know a marketing uh, trainee with ckr and uh, i think some people that i knew were going there i always wanted to go study to do my mba when i was uh, finishing up uh, bachelor's i was trying to study for gmat and somehow you know work all something always got in the way i wasn't able to um, go ahead and even take the exam um, but this seemed like a good experience where i didn't have to do all that much to go and get the exposure of studying in a harvard or a, a bigger institute and knowing what that is like right uh, what is like and um, it almost didn't happen because when i first uh, asked for uh, you know the dates to go he said well uh, you have to work with me for two years and you've been here for three months or two weeks and you're already asking for this uh, you know break and i'm like well it's it's an experience and all that like that no nothing doing right but the pace at which i had uh, advanced right by the time i think it was like the last two weeks before you could apply and um, i had asked him one last time saying that see i've progressed so much over the last 5 months and 6 months you know can i please go for it and he was like okay fine you've done well go back and do well and come back so um that is how it started i always want i still want to go and pursue higher higher studies and get an mba uh, at a prestigious institute or university um unfortunately i've never had that extended period of time to leave my business and go leave my family and go um and i think that's why i was uh, sort of given the i'm happy i got the option to go there and do a, a summer um i i've always every year like during like june july whenever there's admissions i'll start working on some admissions i'll be uh, trying to put together my essays together i'll be looking at all these forms and then you know shit happens and i won't be able to do it um so that happened consistently and then i ended up going to harvard finally and uh, um once i was done with that it was one of the most best experiences ever right um, you come back with all these new found worldly knowledge that you had <laughs> been through before and um, you know and all these new people that you met and all these things that you would not have uh, otherwise yeah. uh, had when you know in those 6 to 8 weeks um I still keep in touch with a lot of people that I went to uh, some school with. It's a different experience altogether. When you are in a dorm with some of the, you know, most diverse people in the world, you're sitting with stem cell researchers, you're sitting with uh, finance uh, heads, you're sitting with 
people who are into hedge fund management and they're all just lounging on that dorm over there so you have to walk up and just talk to them that's the kind of experience that I'm going up there talking to them knowing who they are what they are about um grabbing a drink with them knowing what their countries are into what diversity uh, do they face uh, within their own communities and all that right these are things that you literally can't you can say it's all on the internet but you can't go looking for it you know intentionally right you have yeah. to be able to talk to these people to get that I think more than the course itself it was an extraordinary course i did a course called judgment and decision making ironically that's the thing that i've been using a lot, a lot over the last 5 6 years um but it it was an extraordinary course in itself but i had a lot more experience again from just you know rubbing shoulders with the people over there um when i went to ucla it was a very different thing it was again out of complete frustration i wanted to study filmmaking at a higher uh, level um do my masters again like i said i could not pursue my mba i could not pursue, i i had gotten into this photography institute in france with the pre- previous year i think because of the visa issues and something like that i wasn't able to go and that really put me in a you know very dark space because i thought okay fine finally i'll be able to advance my career go somewhere else do something on a much bigger scale but you know that didn't happen uh, but fortunately i was able to apply to ucla and get into their winters program and that was a life changing program in itself i don't think i would have been exposed to as much of filmmaking as i have ever in my life uh, the kind of people that were you know the instructors and teachers over there uh, these were people who were like producers of films like the revenant breaking bad um final destination all these things right you you just can't like imagine that kind of stuff and you are again in a classroom with like people diverse classroom diverse peers from across the place polish people um people from uh Czechoslovakia uh, Chile all these places right so all of them and it comes to a film background everyone is so diverse everyone has their own culture their own uh, uh kind of take on it so uh, again being in that space completely opened my eyes to so many beautiful things i mean it's only 2018 in fact i yesterday was the day we got our graduation certificate i remember in our memories uh, march 15 um but for me it was like wow i can't believe it was three years back uh, again a winter that i can never ever forget um, i think those are like the, those are like amazing experiences right like going for both and you like you, you 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 get to learn so much going to another uh, you know going to a place where there are a lot of people from all over the world coming and and sort of and sort of a, a culmination of all the cultures and thought processes and all that and i'm sure it's given you a lot of experience right and and sort of something that we kind of ask all our all our uh, all our uh, all the people who we interview is that you know you've gone through whatever your experiences and what 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 is the kind of advice that you would give uh, a 21 year old self i mean yourself as a 21 year old <laughs> 21 year old myself yeah. um Uh, i would say uh, be patient like be patient <laughs> absolutely all i can um there's a lot of fire there's a lot of you know will to do stuff there's a lot of anger because you're not able to see these things happening um but at the end of the day all you can tell yourself is you know what you can only do your best the rest of it you just have to be patient and, and watch and, and if you had like a billboard to 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 put like something out what would that be like if you had one phrase that you wanted to tell the whole world 
the whole world the, the one face um put it in the universe and let it come back oh nice oh wow abundance abundance <laughs> yeah that's all ask the yeah. universal answer yeah. that's all <laughs> nice and arjun do touch up on your uh, regular routines and the sports you do sports activities you do because i know oh. you you you've been having a very active lifestyle recently oh man last since 2020 my lifestyle lifestyle gone like this it's completely changed um where do i begin i started doing intermittent fasting which completely changed everything to do with my body i started i i i completely became vegetarian again also completely changed up my stamina i remember i couldn't run more than a 3k by by 6 months i was able to run a quarter marathon uh, i haven't been running since i want to get back into running um, i used to sleep very late i used to sleep at like 12 1 um, i don't know some people call that early or whatever but for me that was quite late uh, now i sleep by like 10:30 11 max i'm up by like 6:30 my day half my day has started before people have gone on at 9:30 starting to take their first calls and i'm super happy with that right um sports wise it's incredible especially the last few months um because i i've gone i at least got into that phase where i was playing two sports a day which is incredible i really didn't think i would have the stamina or the sort of uh, child like enthusiasm to go out there and do this um uh, but like now i have like a group for each day and it's pretty cool i'm like sunday paddling monday cricket uh, tuesday badminton wednesday golf uh, thursday cricket cricket ball uh, friday there's nothing i just go for a yoga class and then saturday is like you know what someone will do something so i'll do it so this is really awesome i'm super happy and whenever i get the chance i go to the range so it's like i try to do the range in the morning and another sport in the evening and something like that so that way i feel like super sorted i just i i, I i'm super happy because otherwise you'd come back home and you'd have to net like so absolutely you do something and yeah i i don't know my mind yes. just can't do that that's, anymore that, that sounds like a very uh, cool balance to have and you know like many people are trying to achieve that likewise so arjun it has been fantastic to have you on our podcast and thanks for thanks for no, making time for us Thank you for listening to the 30 minute hustle podcast. You can follow us on Instagram for all our latest updates. Until next time signing off. This is Pranab and my co-host Janish.